Well, as has been said, happy Independence Day, Bahamaland. Beth and I are so privileged to be visitors here, resident visitors, and you've welcomed us from the moment we got here, and the welcome continues. So we thank the Lord for this land and for her people. 49 years old today. What a wonderful accomplishment in the grace of God. Congratulations indeed. And amid all the various and appropriate expressions of patriotism surrounding today, I understand there's plans to have these through the month of July, which is a great idea. Amid all these celebrations, it strikes me that Satan lies to citizens of every country about their respective countries. Don't miss this. Because Satan is a liar, that's his DNA, he lies not just to dear Bahamians about the Bahamas. He also lies to Canadians about Canada and Americans about America. And you can name every country on earth. Satan lies to citizens of these various countries about their respective countries. This sermon is titled, Two of Satan's Lies About One's Country. Not just applicable to our commonwealth, applicable to every single nation you could care to name. The first lie that Satan puts forward about one's country is that something other than righteousness exalts a nation. Satan wants citizens of a country to believe that something other than righteousness exalts their particular country. But Proverbs 14, verse 34, corrects that lie with truth. And God's truth in Proverbs 14, 34 is this. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Righteousness exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. Now, Satan is crafty and He lies about things other than righteousness exalting a nation. Let me give you some concrete examples. Let me give you some concrete examples how nations of the world think they're going to get exalted other than being righteous. Currency valuation, favorable living conditions, gross domestic product, lies that Satan would have countrymen believe that will advance and exalt their countries. I go on, health care, numbers of colleges and universities, bond ratings. Satan would have the lie perpetrated in a country that your country is going to be exalted by military might or by membership in global entities like the WHO or the UN. Satan would lie and say you can have an exalted country if you lower crime rates and heighten literacy And if you have a wellness rating, that it's a country where you can have better health and strength than other countries. And of course, if you're athletic, Satan's lie to a nation is that you exalt yourself by winning Olympic medals. Satan's lie is that something other than righteousness exalts a nation. And it's not a new lie. In the Old Testament, Egypt believed that pyramids and art exalted Egypt. Babylon believed that international trade and a code of law exalted Babylon. Persia believed that language and literature exalted Persia. Ethiopia in the Bible believed that gold and gemstones exalted Ethiopia. 
Philistia believed that culture and political organization exalted Philistia. That's an old lie. As old as the Old Testament, that something other than righteousness, the lie goes, will exalt a nation. I go on, still in the Old Testament examples. Assyria believed that farming and military might exalted Assyria. Phoenicia believed that a navy and sea shipping trade lines exalted the Phoenicians. And Greece, Greece believed that philosophy and democracy exalted Greece. You see, it's an old lie that Satan tells people who live in any country that your country will be exalted by something other than righteousness. It's also a current lie. Great Britain believes that royalty exalts Great Britain. Saudi Arabia believes that oil exalts Saudi Arabia. Canada believes that multiculturalism exalts Canada. China believes that communistic dictatorship exalts China. Russia believes that nuclear weapons exalt Russia. America believes that personal freedoms exalt America. And in the Bahamas, perhaps we believe that tourism exalts the Bahamas. Well, God says in Proverbs 14, verse 34, that righteousness, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Now, what is righteousness? Let's look at this together. Proverbs 14, 34 was revealed by God in the language of Hebrew. So we have to understand what the Hebrew word righteousness means. If you went into a Hebrew dictionary and looked up the word used in Proverbs 14, 34 for righteousness, what meaning would you see in a Hebrew dictionary for this particular word? Sedekah is the Hebrew word for righteousness. Sedekah. It means virtue. It means justice. It means integrity. It means right actions and attitudes in the eyes of God. God is saying to us in Proverbs 14, 34, that virtue and justice and integrity and right actions and attitudes in the eyes of God will exalt the Bahamas or any other country. That's what God is saying. And so God pledges, as a matter of fact, to exalt a nation when any nation has virtue and justice and integrity and God-honoring actions and attitudes. Micah 6.8 comes to mind. It says, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God? That is one important way how our Bahamas, or any other country for that matter, can be exalted by God. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So the first lie that Satan tells us about our country, and, and generally that he tells anyone about their respective countries, is that something other than righteousness exalts a nation. The second lie, equally serious, according to this verse, Proverbs 14, 34, something other than God's judgment 
will come to an unrighteous nation. Satan would want politicians and citizens alike of any country to believe that something other than God's judgment awaits a nation that chooses unrighteousness. That's the lie he wants us to buy. Because remember, our one verse today, God says, righteousness exalts a nation, watch it, but sin is a reproach to any people. Sin is a reproach to any nation. A reproach is a disgrace, an embarrassment. A reproach specifically is public. A reproach is in the open. A reproach is not hidden. A reproach is not missed by the majority. A reproach is a public humiliation. A wide in the open devastation of a reputation. And that happens when God judges a nation and makes it a reproach because of its sin. That disgrace happens within the nation and that disgrace happens beyond the nation so that the other nations of the world look at a reproach nation and know that they are an embarrassment and a shame. Reproach embarrasses and shames nations. They will not turn from sin. I have dual citizenship in Canada and the United States, and I love both countries. Back in 1981, I can remember being in Bible classes in Scroon Lake, New York, in the Finger Lakes, the Adirondacks, at Word of Life Bible Institute. And I was sitting with a bunch of other students in a Bible class on biblical prophecy. The class was teaching us, what does the Bible say about end time events and nations and so forth and so on? And at that point in my Christian life, that was all brand new to me, that God had a plan for the future for the nations of the world. I didn't know anything about that before I went to the Bible Institute. That God would, in his Bible, predict battles between nations, and that God in his Bible would predict that King Jesus would have a literal kingdom when the dust settled global, literal kingdom. That was all new to me, fascinating, exciting for me to learn. And in those classes, I learned country names like Israel and Turkey and Iran and Ethiopia and Libya and certain Arab countries. And the Ukraine is in there and China and Russia and something they call a revived Roman empire. These were all mentioned in this Bible class And I was hearing that the Bible predicts that these particular nations will be players on the world stage just before Jesus Christ comes to establish his literal thousand-year kingdom. And I remember being in that class, and one of the students asked the question we all were wanting to ask of the professor. The student said, what about America? Where's America in biblical prophecy of the end times? I was thinking, where's Canada? When human history is going to be winding down, where's America in the story? And where's Canada in the story? And where are the other nations not named in the prophecies? Where are they? And the professor's answer to where is America in the end times biblical prophecies about nations shocked us. And it shocked us in this way. He said, in my opinion, 
I think that America will have gone out of existence by then. I was shocked. Did the professor know that America's the leading, most powerful nation on earth 41 years ago? Out of existence? Seemed impossible to me. It seemed like far-fetched friction. Friction, I mean to say fiction. Far-fetched fiction. But you know what? As much as I love America, it's not such a far-fetched concept to me now. And I say that with no joy. Because... It's a lie from Satan, then something other than God's judgment will come to an unrighteous nation. Not that America is the only unrighteous nation. I don't say that at all. In his thought-provoking little book, Can God Bless America? Pastor John MacArthur writes, and I quote, Will God bless America? Can God bless America? Should God bless America. Are we blessable? There's a new word for your dictionary. And the quote goes on. And if God did bless America, what would he be saying about his holiness? If God did bless America, what would he be saying about our morality, about our spiritual condition? Could God bless America and protect his reputation as holy God? The quote continues. I wish that all people saying God bless America were willing to acknowledge God, his word, their own sin, and the Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the only way anybody will ever be blessed by God. This is our message, folks. Not just mine to you, but yours to everybody else. End of quote. Michael Easley was a former president of the Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And he said something so pithy, so short, but power-packed in its meaning. You know the saying, God bless America. Dr. Michael Easley said, America, comma, bless God. America, comma, bless God. Bahamas, comma, bless God. And so today... We've been acknowledging rightly that the Commonwealth of the Bahamas is 49th birthday. And in so doing, maybe an unusual text for you to see me preach on such an occasion, but a text that shows us two lies that Satan gives to any countryman of his or her particular country. And the lies seem patriotic. Lie number one. Something other than righteousness exalts a nation. It's not true. Lie number two. Something other than God's judgment will come to an unrighteous nation. That also is not true. So I have four takeaways that I'm going to take from this message and I invite you to do the same. The first takeaway is this. Be granted righteousness through God's justification. The only way anybody is righteous is if they receive Christ's righteousness by being justified by faith 
in him. Are you saved? The second takeaway, be progressing in the righteousness God has given you through God's sanctification. You who know Christ, are you more like Jesus this morning than you were yesterday morning, but not as much like Jesus as you will be tomorrow morning? Be progressing in righteousness through God's sanctification. Third takeaway, be sharing righteousness through God's gospel. There is a commonwealth in need of Christ. Are we sharing the gospel, the good news that Christ has died for sin and arisen from the dead? God says if we will do that in prayer, if we will do that in love, if we will do that in biblical clarity, then he will bless that gospel message and persons will be saved by trusting Christ. Are we sharing our faith? Be granted righteousness through justification. Be progressing in righteousness through sanctification. Be sharing righteousness through gospel proclamation. And fourth and last, be praying for righteousness in yourself to be lived out. Be praying for righteousness in your brothers and sisters in Christ in this assembly to be lived out in measurable, noticeable ways. Be praying for righteousness for yourself to be lived out, for it to be lived out in our church, and for it to be lived out in our country. I know there are lots of born-again Christians in the Bahamas, many. And they go to many churches, and I thank God. But it's time for the born-again believers of the Bahamas to live out the righteousness we have in Christ with honesty, dependability, humility, kindness, love. It's time. Because God tells us on the 49th birthday of the Bahamas that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of recognition in your faithfulness to birth this country. We thank you for the strides that have been made, and with your help, the strides that will be made in the future. Lord, we would pray that we would be a nation of righteous believers in Christ who would make a difference such that the nation would be a righteous nation in the eyes of God. Heavenly Father, we pray that we would be a nation of virtue and of justice, a nation of integrity, and a nation of God-honoring actions and attitudes. And Lord, to pray for our nation to be this way, to be this righteous, we must begin with ourselves. May I, as a follower of Christ, be righteous. May each of us pray, oh God, Show Christ's righteousness through my personality, my network of influence, my sphere of friends and contacts, so that my life would be a display of virtue and justice and integrity and God-honoring actions and attitudes. God bless the Bahamas, please. And Bahamas, comma, bless God. Amen.